0: Well, at times in life, sometimes we all jump to a conclusion or two about something, at least I know who I do, and certainly jumping to a conclusion can lead to worrying about something needlessly, feeling anxious without a concrete cause, feeling down unnecessarily, or even putting our foot in our mouth. And I still sometimes jump to a conclusion or make an assumption now and then Even though I know, more often than not, I'm mistaken. Sometimes it can be funny, at other times not so much. You all have done this, but like the time at a dinner party when I asked a woman I had not seen for a long, long, long time how far along she was. Oh, God was the least thing I said. or the time I assumed a friend was mad at me because he did not return my calls or emails, how was I to know that it wasn't about me, but he was dealing with a major family crisis? And then a number of years ago, I was dozing a bit before getting out of bed for the day, and as I slipped off into a last-minute dream, I was awoken by my wife, Regina, She was cuddling next to me and placed her arm on me. I thought it was so wonderful. And as my eyes closed, I was puzzled why on earth she was licking my ear. (laughs) Quickly, however, I realized it was not Regina at all, but our 85-pound dog, Osa, who had jumped up on the bed in order to show me some 7 a.m. affection. When I suddenly got up to wash Osa's... Vast amounts of slobber off my ear, once again I was reminded not to jump to conclusions because when we do so, more often than not, we are mistaken. Human beings, all of us jump to conclusions about all kinds of things, don't we? People jump to conclusions about my positions on certain things simply because they know that I am a Christian and because I'm a pastor. Republicans and Democrats make assumptions about each other. Folks certainly jump to conclusions around issues of ethnicity and age, gender, orientation, income levels, what part of the country a person comes from. And while many of us jump to conclusions, sometimes we miss out on getting to know someone because of the very assumptions we're making about the person. They can prevent us from getting to know somebody Assumptions can be a real relationship blocker. And while people jump to conclusions when Jesus was walking this earth, I don't find any evidence in the Gospels of Jesus jumping to conclusions about people around him. He just didn't do so. That said, however, Scripture is full of stories about the assumptions that people made mistakenly. Here's just a few examples. A fellow named Naaman, who was a commander of an army, suffered from leprosy. And the king under whom he commanded sent a note to the king of Israel asking him to heal Naaman. Well, the king of Israel jumped to the conclusion that the request was a ruse to start a war. Nothing could have been further further from the truth. He was simply asking for help. Another example comes from the time when people were around Jesus and they jumped to the conclusion that the Messiah, someone like Jesus, could never come from a place where Jesus was born. And because of this assumption, they missed out on being transformed by Jesus' love. And then on the day of Pentecost, remember, the Holy Spirit filled many people. It was in the beginning of the day, it was in the morning. And people who were observing the day's events jumped to the conclusion that the people were totally schnockered. They were simply filled with the Holy Spirit. There are endless examples within Scripture in our own lives when we jump to conclusions that not only often are we wrong, but we end up needlessly stressed out or worn out because we get so worked up about what we're thinking about. In addition, however, when we jump to conclusions, we're not being fair to other people, nor are we putting ourselves in the position to discover truth. Well, with regard to this whole subject, it's vital to point out that sometimes when it comes to God, we make assumptions that are off base, and more often this happens when life throws us a curveball. All of us have to endure tough stuff, and sometimes when we're in the midst of tough stuff, we assume that God is missing, because it feels like God is silent. Have you ever wondered why God seems so silent as you stumbled through some ordeal, Ever felt like the basics in your life had been rearranged in a way that didn't make sense and you assumed that God was not responding to you? Ever sat down on the floor when it felt like there was just nothing left to do and wondered why and you concluded that God was not acting in any way? Well, today's Old Testament reading from the book of Exodus is a story about people feeling abandoned by God and lost in the wilderness. It is a story about what happens when people make assumptions about God. Living in a state of frenzied panic, the Israelites stumbled around as if blindfolded. You see, the people had come to depend on God and Moses. But in this part of the story, they assumed that God and Moses were absent, were gone, were never coming back. And so let's take a brief look at the story to put it in context. You remember that for 400 years, the Israelites have been held captive in Egypt, that under God's direction, Moses leads them across the Red Sea into the Sinai Peninsula, that during this time that God was directing the people in very visible and tangible ways, clouds and fire and food and drink, they could see things with their eyes. And although God was clearly present during that time, what's very interesting is that the people complained to God. Instead of asking themselves what they could do for God, they griped that God was not doing enough for them, even though God was doing many things in very tangible ways. They moaned that God was not doing things in the way they liked or had grown accustomed to. They longed to go back to the past, to how things were and they resisted God moving them in new directions. And it's in the desert that Moses heads to the mountaintop to spend time with God, to receive God's commandments. And it's during this 40-day period when Moses is with God that we encounter today's reading. The people begin to wonder, where is Moses? Where is God? Moses has left us. God has left us and abandoned us. Things get totally out of shape. The people begin to freak out. They jump to the conclusion that Moses is never coming back. And because they assume that Moses is gone and God is absent, the people begin to search for something tangible they can depend on and rely on. In the book of Exodus, they say to Aaron, who is Moses' brother, do something, do something, make gods for us that will lead us out of this place. Moses, who knows what on earth has happened to him? And so Aaron took gold from their hands and cast it into the form of a calf, and they began to worship the calf. Now, why they chose a calf to shape the gold into, we don't know. A calf represented a number of different things. But what is clear is that the people wanted to create something tangible and visible that they could hold on to and grab and feel and touch and even control. Well, as the story continues, we learn that God sees the people are doing what they're doing in the valley. And God sees that the people had forgotten that it was God who led them out of the wilderness. God is angry and he wants to punish the people. But Moses speaks to God and God changes his mind and mercy prevails. So what is this story about? And what does it have to say to us? Well, it reminds us about our human nature to worship things other than God. For sure, it tells us that. It's about the fact that we seek comfort and security from things that are ephemeral or short-lived. It's certainly about the fact that we can rush to find solutions and we make big mistakes when we do so. It's certainly about the fact that we sometimes like to hold on to things in ways of being at the expense of being faithful to God. It's certainly about the truth and the fact that sometimes God gets mad to be sure, this story is about all of these things, but I believe there are other lessons within it. You see, maybe there are teachings in this story to help us when we feel abandoned, lost, and confused over what direction to take, or simply feel like some things we have known and counted on have shifted. Perhaps there are lessons to keep close at hand when we assume God is far away or disinterested in us. I believe the story of the golden calf has a lot to say to us about jumping to conclusions or making assumptions about God. So what are some of these lessons? Well, first, the Israelites concluded that Moses and God had bailed out on them because they could not see them or feel their presence. And actually, the opposite was what was true. It was at the point that the people felt that God was most absent and silent. It was at the point that they felt most abandoned by God, that God, ironically, was actually working the hardest on their behalf. The people forgot that, regardless of our perceptions, God continually works on our behalf, seeking only what is good. They made the misassumption that God can actually be absent from our lives nothing is further from the truth second when the israelites were at the height of their angst and trepidation and jumping to conclusions they seemed to lose sight of the fact that how god sees something is different than how we see things in fact god sees things in ways we cannot and the people in the wilderness forgot that there's always more going on than meets the eye and what we can perceive And because the people forgot this, they jumped to conclusions about God. God sees hope when all we see is despair. God sees reasons to continue when all we see are reasons to give up. God sees eternity when all we can see is the moment. God sees how we can grow when all we can see is what we have lost. God sees the path forward when all we see is no way out. God sees things in ways we cannot. And if we remember this, it will help us not to assume too much or jump to too many conclusions about what God might actually be up to in our lives. Third, the story is one that highlights that when we are impatient and jump to conclusions based on the fact that we are impatient, things can really go awry. Said another way, the story is an invitation for each of us to remember patience when we feel inclined to jump to a conclusion about God. As someone who sometimes lets impatience leads me to jump to conclusions about what God may or may not be doing, I appreciate what a variety of people have written about patience. Some people have said patience is the ability to accept or tolerate delays, and problems without becoming annoyed or overly anxious. Patience is bearing provocation, annoyance, and misfortune, hardship and pain, with fortitude, calm, and having the ability to endure. Patience is the capacity of awaiting an outcome or result without being hasty or impulsive, which is exactly what the Israelites did not do. Certainly had the people been patient, with Moses and God and the circumstance in which they found themselves, the golden calf fiasco would not have happened. Next, the story points to what can happen when we jump to a conclusion about God. We end up often trusting God less. The people did not believe the possibility that God might just be up to something new on that mountaintop. They forgot that Moses might be up there with God actually doing something on their behalf. The people forgot that God calls people to a faith that is less like a comfortable armchair and more like an evolving, ever-changing journey on a trail. And because they lost sight of this, their trust with God, in God, waned. And because their trust diminished, they made assumptions that God was absent and distant and uninterested. And finally, the Israelites does not, did not realize that God does not hide. God is a God who always seeks. God is always seeking every human being, even when we feel that at times God may be hiding from us. And this is where the words of the beautiful psalm we heard this morning are relevant. Here are some excerpts. Lord, you have searched me and known me. Lord, you know when I rise and when I sit. You perceive my thoughts. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. God, you know when I rise and when I sit. Had the people remembered this, the golden calf story would not have happened. Without a doubt, to wrap up, we continue to live in challenging times, very difficult times as a nation and as a world. It feels like a lot of things we know and trust are shifting. And on top of that, some of us are dealing with tough issues. But in the midst of it all, I believe it's so helpful to remember some of the lessons from the golden calf as we endure our time in the wilderness. Those lessons... Remember that God is constantly working for good on our behalf, even if it does not feel that way or seem that way. Take solace from that. God is always working on our behalf. Keep front and center that God sees things and possibilities that we cannot, especially when our hope is diminished and paths forward seem invisible. Recall that patience with God is a great ally, and that patience is something that will impede us from making mistaken assumptions or jumping to conclusions. Remember Jesus and his life anytime you were in the wilderness and wondering where God is. Remember that God raised Jesus from the dead. Remember all the stories of Jesus in the Gospels and all the things that Jesus promised. And all of these things point to the fact that God can be fully trusted even when God feels. It feels as if God is on a mountaintop. Know that God does not play hide-and-seek with us, ever. God only seeks. If only the people in the wilderness had remembered some of those lessons, the golden calf story would never have happened. And as we celebrate the goodness of life, and as we endure the challenges before us, I pray that we will all remember the lessons from the golden calf. I pray that we will remember that even when we jump to conclusions about God, God responds to us with unbounded love and grace and forgiveness. And so, for a few moments, I invite us all into some silent moments of, of prayer, listening to what God's Spirit might be saying to us about the assumptions or conclusions we might be making about God and God's presence in our lives right now. And so let us listen to what God's Spirit might be saying to each one of us.